0: This morning's Gospels are quite harsh. I think uh, Jesus has lost a bit of temper. He's lost his temper at the disciples. and So we're going to dig that out this morning and see what's the 21st application to that. So I'm going to put two Greek words up on the screen. uh, Kerygma and Didache. And these are not the new names of the two AFL teams that are going to battle out in 2003. And they're not the names of two boxing champions that are going to slug it out on the canvas. These are two very impressive and distinctive Greek words that theologians use to explain the ministry of the church. Kerygma is what the church proclaims, and didache is what the church teaches. In other words... Kerygma, or gospel proclamation, is used to ignite our faith. And didache, or biblical or doctrinal teaching, is used to build up our understanding. So, And so in preaching, it's important to keep a balance between the two. And so this morning, I hope I do not sacrifice kerygma for didache, or didache for kerygma. However, our text this morning demands that we receive instruction, about the basics of faith and, and, and our seek our seeking to profess that. And so in this spirit, I think that the readings appointed for this Sunday give us an excellent opportunity to learn about the nature of faith, and that's Didica. But what is, and it tells us what is and what isn't faith, and together we can gain a deeper appreciation of that lively, that, that, that dynamic, that life-shaping faith that is at the heart of our biblical witness this morning, and that's Kerygna. Caric- so, Luke 17 says these words, uh, and it goes on and says, Faith isn't a substance that we can measure, or that we can count. It's not something that you can add to. It's not something you can subtract from. And and or in any way we can't quantify it. Little wonder that when the disciples ask for more faith, Jesus grows extremely frustrated. By this point in Luke's gospel narrative, the disciples have spent so much time with Jesus. They have witnessed his ministry. They have witnessed his miracles. They have listened to his teaching. They have listened to his preaching. And they are currently journeying with him to Jerusalem where he has told them that he will meet certain fate. And yet they still don't perceive that faith is all about trust. This morning... The faith that the Bible speaks about, the faith that Jesus speaks about, is highly relational. That's what trust is all about. Trust is about relation. When you live in a fully trusting relationship with God, all things are possible, the Bible says. And when you live in a fully trusting relationship with God, you respond to God's will naturally and pragmatically. That means seeking, seeking neither reward or praise, but simply desiring to do the bidding of your Lord. Habakkuk says, Faith is not easy. Habakkuk cries to the Lord, demanding an account for the violence and the injustice that's around him. And in doing so, he represents all the faithful as he does that. Those uh, those through the ages who have pleaded for the some greater understanding of the hardships of their day the lord answers the lord's answer is is telling and difficult in habakkuk's rendition the day of the lord the day of for judgment and justice will come but not yet he says not yet and for this reason faith is trust even when circumstances don't inspire confidence and faith is patience True faith responds to the promise by waiting, even when it seems that the keeping of that promise may be delayed. How many remember when you were a child how difficult it was waiting for Christmas morning? Just me? Two, at least two. How many of you found it difficult to wait for Christmas morning? Yeah, It was so difficult, wasn't it? Or for your dad to stop at the next service station on a long road trip because you were busting in the back seat. Yeah. Yeah. Or for an already late parent to arrive home. And now we are adults and waiting for adults for sickness to pass or for a job to open up or for a once healthy relationship to be restored isn't much easier, is it? Faith isn't easy, because it implies waiting for a promise made some time ago, finally to be kept. The psalmist says it tells us that faith isn't the opposite to doubt. Sadly, we live in a religious culture that tends to pose two elements as polar opposites. But just as courage isn't the absence of fear, but rather the ability to do one's duty precisely when one is afraid. So faith isn't the absence of doubt. True faith is a steadfast commitment to keep believing, even when surrounded by doubt. For just that reason, as Habakkuk testifies, faith can be difficult. Also for this reason, and because of this very reason, we can call... uh, we can we can call those in our community. We can we can call them who are, are most racked in doubt faithful. We can call them that. We can call those who are most racked with faith. Most racked with doubt. Sorry, faithful. When Martin Luther, the great 16th century reformer, considered the classic marks of the Christian Church, he said the proclamation of the gospel was a great mark of the Christian Church. The presence of the sacraments was another great mark of the Christian church. That's just to name a few. But he added one that was quite unusual. He said one of the great marks of the Christian church is struggle. Struggle. Wherever there is true faith, there will be struggle. Therefore, if faith isn't the absence of doubt, what is it? It's delight, the psalmist tells us. It's joy, it's wonder, it's anticipation. True faith can be caught up in the promises of God, such as we slip free, even if only for a while. We slip free from our usual and constant worry and fretting about the future. Do you remember when you first fell in love? Yes, Yes. yes I do. Yes. Do you remember when you first fell in love? Yes. Do you remember how in the grip of that emotion... The future felt entirely wonderful and open. Do you remember that? Yes. I remember that. Yes. I remember that. And so, if that's how another person can make you feel, just think about how God can make you feel. What about God? John, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Perfect love, John writes, casts out all fear. Such is the life of faith this morning. Second Timothy says, faith isn't something you can do alone. Paul writes precisely to encourage Timothy in his faith. More than that, Paul reminds Timothy that his mother and his grandmother who shared the faith with him. One of the primary reasons we come together in worship each week is to encourage each other in faith. The Greek word for church in the Bible is the word ecclesia. It means those who are called out for a purpose. We are not an audience this morning. We are not a crowd. We are not a religious club this morning. We have been called out by our maker by the God of the universe. We have been called out for a purpose to worship God and to encourage one another in faith. And simply, the best way possible for parents and for grandparents to pass on their faith with their children and grandchildren is simply to talk about it. It's a it. That's how the next generation and the next generation's faith are shaped through words and reflections and deeds Faith is a gift given to us by Christ, and meditated through those people in our lives that we share faith, that that that, that have shared their, our faith with them and their faith with us. A husband with a wife, a wife with a husband, a sister with a brother, a brother with a sister, a priest with a congregation and a congregation with a priest, a parent with a child and a child with a parent. In this sense, faith is always communal, shared and even borrowed. And as we stand and depend as much on the faith of those around us as we do our own faith is a very true statement. All right, So let's get back to Luke chapter 17 verses 1 to 10 and start pulling that apart now we've laid some sort of groundwork about what faith is. I have to admit, I feel for the disciples In this particular passage, Uh, in recent passages, Jesus has been asking some fairly uh, extraordinary things of them to to give away their possessions, to forgive those who wrong them countless times, uh, to take up his cross and more. And no wonder that that they ask for more faith. They feel inadequate to the task around them and they feel insufficient to the challenges and they are unable to imagine. Accomplishing any of what Jesus is asking without asking for more faith. But then something interesting happens because when the disciples recognise their need and ask Jesus for more faith, you think Jesus would both welcome and grant their request, but he doesn't. He doesn't. Instead, he almost seems to rebuke them. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, he says. If you had even a speck of faith, he begins. Jesus is implying that they actually don't have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, which is one of the smallest seeds in the plant kingdom. What kind of way is that to respond to this earnest and even very heartfelt question? But what if the question the disciples asked isn't only earnest and heartfelt, but wrong? Wrong. If so, then Jesus' sharp retort was just what they needed. and And it may be just what we need too in the 21st century. A sharp retort to orientate us to the miraculous presence of God all around us. And the totally sufficient faith that we already have. So here's the big idea this morning. Morning. Servants aren't invited to the table with the landowner to eat when their work is done. Nor do they deserve great thanks simply for doing their job. They just do it. Jesus is saying this is what faith is like. Faith is simply the willingness to do what is needed to be done. Jesus is telling us that faith is not some kind of limited resource that needs to be saved or needs to be spent or needs to be added to. Moreover, faith isn't always heroic. Indeed, it usually isn't. But instead, faith is simply the humbly, or the humbly doing of what needs to be done, whatever that is, whether it's big or small, great or mundane or just because it needs to be done. This isn't the first time Jesus has hinted at this. Jesus has already named the faithful woman, a woman's desperate confidence that she only needed to do what? Touch the hem of his garment to be healed. He named the centurion concerned for his sick servant. He named the woman's gratitude for being forgiven. And soon he will will also call faithful the Samaritan leper who returns to thank him for healing and the plea of a blind beggar for sight. Whether that is big or small, great or mundane, just do what is needed to be done. And so we we shouldn't be surprised this morning that Jesus challenges the disciples' perception about faith as he illustrates the hard work and the service of a servant performing his duties. Faith is found not in the mighty acts of heaven, but in the ordinary, everyday acts of doing what's needed to be done. Faith is found in responding to the needs all around us. Faith is found in caring for people who come along our way. Somehow we think an act of faith needs to be a significant or costly or even extravagant uh, effort to merit God's attention. And that, as Jesus says, is a misconception this morning. It's a misconception because every day the ordinary things acts of faith are honourable. They are God blessed and they are important. And by lifting them up, they are multiplied this morning. Our everyday and ordinary acts of faith have significance. And when we read the headlines or when we watch the news and there's more violence, there's more injustice, there's more war, it can seem like there's no hope. Yet all around us, There are signs of hope, especially through the simple, ordinary, even mundane acts of faithfulness. So contrary to how it may feel at times, your acts of faithfulness are enough. And your faith and my faith is more than adequate to the tasks at hand in our lives. Jesus said or told us in Luke 17, just doing what needs to be done is more than enough. Let's pray. Be God, remind us that you have provided all that is necessary to keep faith with you and with each other. Challenge us, stir us, move us, motivate us to live by faith and not by sight. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.